All right. We finished Psalms and uh, the sections of Psalms we wanted to look at. And we're actually starting 2 Corinthians. I think I neglected to mention that a couple of weeks ago. So, um, yeah, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. Um, in the chat or verbally, can everyone, without looking up Wikipedia or, or, or something through your Bible, just shoot out like one aspect of 2 Corinthians that you remember? One point, one theme, one verse, um, something like that. I just want to uh, kind of warm up together. By, what do you remember from Second Corinthians? Very good. Um, that's chapter one. And arguably chapter 10 and 11. Okay. That could be like any book of the Bible, Jerry. You can't just say love. What'd you say, God? Would you say my love for Margaret? That'd be, that'd be bold and beautiful. So Paul's um, really love for the Corinthians, it's kind of a, kind of a unique letter in that sense. It really, almost every chapter, there's something about his commitment and relationship to them. Thank you. Um, yeah, uh, the, the thorn in the flesh. Uh, I made perfect in weakness or powerful in weakness. That's a biggie. Huh. That came from memory, Mona? Yep. One of my life verses. Yeah. Mona actually shared that at NYU a couple of weeks ago. So it's good. So that's within the ministry of reconciliation, right? There's some amazing verses there about what it means to share the gospel of Christ. If we're lucky, maybe we'll have contributions from each Zoom box. Yes. Mr. Chang. It's that whole context of um, that our external or the, the tent is being uh, undergoing pressure. And yet we can shine the light. Okay, that's a good one. Second Corinthians 10. Mona said I gave that verse to her in college. I said, you need to, you need to know this verse. Not in college. Oh. When I was very, very sad while we were dating. Sad. Dating while very not college. You need to read that verse to yourself right now. 
go and memorize, go to your prayer closet. Getting poor representation from from the West and the East and the South. All right, um, Matt Chin's gonna play a Joyland. I think it's a Joyland. It's not a Joyland song. It's a children's song that I've never heard. Ed saw, sent it to me because Ed and I uh, collaborate on some of the, because uh, for he's leading CCK and he found this song and uh, said he wished he had found it before he led chapter one. So as Rocky says to Mr. T, go for it. That's the main theme of the Bible study, right? I guess you could say. All right, let's read the chapter. I'm going to hold off on um, giving a background to Second Corinthians till next time because uh, you'll see the context better uh, next time. So just know that this is uh, what's called Second Corinthians, um, uh, the second letter that Paul wrote to Corinth. And uh, so there's it addresses some of the stuff that comes out in First Corinthians and more. And okay, that's that's more background. So um, let's have people read out loud. One through eleven. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother. To the Church of God in Corinth, together with all his holy people throughout Achaia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that we will continue to deliver, that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Okay, so, um, yeah, Paul, I, one of the reasons I picked this book is, you know, this chapter is, um, I thought, very germane to our experience, uh, both um, in the pandemic, right? Um, I think it really is uh, a time where we need comfort from God and uh, from each other, right? And so 
Paul here uh, describes um, the manner uh, and maybe some of the reasons um, for um, situations that need comfort. So uh, yeah, by studying it, hopefully uh, we can experience that and then be conveyors or, or comforters right, uh, to others. So I just did quite a few questions like just to kind of move us through. Um, so let's try that. If I could have question one, and uh, we can um, maybe go through it. So the question, what does verse three say about the nature of God? Very good. <laughs> you can't copy what it says there. Uh, what he says that in verse four. What does it say about the nature of God? Not what God does, but about God. Yeah, he's compassionate. Very, very good. Um, so in order to be compassionate, what, what do we have to, what are some things that can be said about God? He's looking. Yeah, I like that. He sympathizes or empathizes, right? He cares. So you have to infer, probably you have to work on this a little bit, and it's not that obvious. Um, I mean, it might be kind of evident, but uh, you have to kind of think through whether... Uh, it makes sense from this verse, but uh, what I was thinking was kind of the, and it's kind of the sympathy empathy line um, that uh, God knows uh, how to comfort um, because he understands pain. He understands sorrow. He understands uh, suffering. Okay. And, and we have to be a little bit careful because one of the uh, kind of theologically developed descriptions or attributes of God is that he's what they call impassive, right? Or some even say that he's, he's impassable, which means he, you know, passion is suffering, so he can't suffer, that that makes him imperfect, right? But when we see, at least in the life of Jesus Christ, right, we know that he definitely did suffer. Uh, and so um, I remember um, early on in the ministry when uh, one of the families lost uh, a child um, uh, in, um, to, you know, uh, he had a seizure um, and um, he, he passed away. And, uh, you know, we conducted the funeral and tried to really be there for the family and, 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 and all that. And I think, you know, it was helpful uh, in some ways. But um, I think one thing that uh, actually uh, another minister came and, and shared uh, with the mom who lost the, the son was that um, uh, saying that God is, God knows your pain. God is, uh, 
uh, he, God himself lost his son. And uh, the interpretation of was darkness covered the sky from the, from the third hour to uh, from the ninth hour to the 12th hour, right? I think like 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, that describing this, the, the darkness of God's heart, meaning that how broken he, the experience he must have felt when he had to turn away from his son and, and watch his son suffer not only physically and mentally, but spiritually for the sins of the world. And so when we, you know, God knows what you're going through, losing a child. And I think that really, I heard later that that really helped mom, that she was comforted, not just by, you know, people's presence and, you know, the uh, prayers of many and the, and the grieving and all that, but comforted by God's comfort because God knew, and she, was, she believed that God knew what um, God had experienced to a greater degree you know, uh, the, the emptiness and the loss that, that she had uh, as well. So, uh, you know, comfort comes from God because um, he, you know, he is the, uh, he has, if you, and I'm, I'm saying this kind of all in air quotes and parentheses and stuff, because you have to be a little careful when we, when we talk about the attributes of God. But, you know, what I'm trying to say is that um, God um, is familiar. God knows. God, uh, he's got. He's an he's an expert, right? In comfort because he he himself has experienced sorrow, loss, and and suffering, right? and and he 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 mourns over humanity uh, so much uh, as well, right? In, like in, in the times of Noah, he grieved that you know he had that mankind had become the way that they they did. So. Um, you know, when we talk about comfort, it's, it's really kind of deep and it's really uh, kind of um, um, like substantive. Uh, and so whenever I try to pray for people or if I am like writing a card or something, I, I, I always think in those lines, may, the, may God's comfort right, really envelop you really protect you really you really uh experience it to uh, an abundant measure during during your bereavement or bring you something okay all right question two uh asks what does uh, the text say about the interrelations between christ and the church and so when christ and the church are kind of mentioned here what can we like draw, glean, observe? Well, I think uh, what I was thinking about was verse five, right? Just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. So uh, Paul uh, expresses it in terms of kind of Jesus as the medium or the conduit. Uh, Right, that uh, he's also engaged or involved. He's, um, he's not distant. He's uh, the, the sufferings uh, that um, they were going through 
because of the ministry, because of their Christian commitment. Uh, that was uh, through Christ, right? Or at least because of Christ, you know, if, if it indeed was for, the, for that reason. So um, we see, uh, I guess the word I want to use is solidarity between Christ and the church, meaning that uh, when the church goes through something, when the believers go through something, uh, you know, Jesus is present. He is in, um, there is an uh, interconnection. There is a, uh, a relationship um, that, you know, we're not left to ourselves, right? It's in Christ that the sufferings come. And likewise, in Christ, the, the comfort overflows as well, right? So, you know, I think for the believer, for, the, uh, for these kinds of sufferings that you know, we'll talk about in detail, but Paul's, um, Paul's brand of, of, of hardships and troubles, um, no other, there's no other way in which he can be comforted, right? Like there's, there's many things that we could try for comfort, you know? Uh, we, we probably engage in, in those activities, right? Especially these days, like there could be distractions, there could be, you know, substances, there could be experiences, there could be, you know, um, habits, hobbies, whatever that, or words that, you know, we, we can, there's many ways in which comfort or many methods of comfort. But I think for Paul, the inter connected relationship between Christ and the church is so uh, so so real, so fundamental, so basic, so visceral that um, yeah, it's only in uh, being close to Christ and uh, through him, the comfort uh, the, the comforts and the, the sufferings and the comfort um, that it um, it originates from him or flows from him that uh, we can experience the kind of peace that, that Paul, you know, goes through. The other stuff might be temporary. It might be sur superficial or surfacial, but, you know, Paul is able to testify that, you know, this is really, it's really in Christ. It's really through Christ that, you know, this, the real, uh, the true comfort um, um, can transpire or, or, or be transmitted, right? And theologically, that makes sense to us that when Jesus is affected, the church is affected. So when, um, the, like, for example, the prophecy, when the, when the, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered, right? So what happens to Jesus or because of Jesus uh, impacts the people and then things like the parable of the sheep and goats right uh, when we do something for the church for the people of god we're doing it uh, to christ and probably the biggest the, one of the most famous ones is you know saul saul why do you persecute me Saul wasn't persecuting Jesus. He didn't even know who Jesus was. He was persecuting the believers, the followers of the way. But Jesus took that personally. Right? So again, this interrelation, this 
special relationship between Christ and his church. Okay, uh, next question asks the same question between fellow believers. What does the text say about the interrelations between fellow believers? Okay, um, I, my answer would be five, right? No, six. Uh, sorry, four. It said, we get comforted so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we receive, we ourselves receive from God. Um, so, In the same way that, let's say, God's personal, whatever that means, experience, um, that he's from that from that reservoir, God comforts us through Christ. Now, when we're comforted, we are equipped or we are supplied with the wherewithal, with the resources, with the um, power to comfort others and so we become emissaries and conduits just in the same way that jesus was for each other now we can be uh, messengers or instruments of, of comfort right we can't i might say we can't generate the ability to do that but when we're recipients of it right? and, and that's true of a lot of things right love the love of god the gospel message we are you know we are ambassadors or the vehicles through which you know god doesn't god can comfort everybody personally but he chooses to involve us engage us to you know deploy us to be comforters to the uh, other people, um, which I, I think, you know, uh, considering what is written here and considering the theology of the church, um, I think makes, makes sense. Um, I would, though, wonder how this practically plays out, right? I think there are some barriers. Um, to, um, kind of authentically living out this verse. If you know what I'm talking about, can you guys like think about it and, and make some suggestions? Like We know this in theory, but it's hard to put into practice why. Why is it that we don't comfort others or others don't comfort us? One reason I would offer if asked is that I don't have a strong enough relationship or I don't have enough interest. I don't care enough. So even though I have the ability and um, 
let's just think of comfort as a as something you can possess or you know like almost like a commodity <laughs> let's say that you have that um in order for me to pass that on to give it to other people right it's this that re- requires the that the groundwork has been laid that i have built a relationship right like try to comfort somebody that you don't have you know I mean, maybe superficially, like someone coming to a funeral, you know, it's nice that they're there, you're thankful that they're there. But in order to really touch a person's heart, I feel like the connection has to have been, you know, developed or over a long period of time or in intensity or, or you know, in a genuine way so that um, it's appropriate or it's, uh, it, it can happen. You guess what I mean? Like, a comfort is not a thing that um, you can just kind of say the right words or have the right, you know, expression on your face or the, the just the perfect amount of tears welling in your eyes. And just the, it's not too heavy a touch. It's not too light. It's just, just right. The, you know, the, the perfect, pre- you know, it's not, it's all about like conveying uh, something very uh, valuable and precious. And I don't think it can be faked. Right? So, um, you know, I, I if I don't know somebody, by the time they need comfort, it's really awkward. <laughs> and it's really kind of, you know, I, I don't want, I don't want like even try it because, you know, like, it can be offensive. It can backfire, right? It's almost better not to say anything uh, if you don't have a relationship. So the importance is to share life, you know, in the moments, in the highs and the lows and, and, and journey together so that, you know, when you comfort somebody with the comfort that Christ has given you, they are ready to receive it. They want to receive it. They might even expect to receive it from you. But if you haven't done that kind of, if there is no, like, um, there's no bridge, there's no, there's been no, like, development, or you, you can't, even if you have been incredibly comforted by Christ or by others, we don't have the, um, the requisite uh, connection in order to pass on that comfort. So I would say that's one thing, one reason why this doesn't work in practice all that well, because we have not gotten close enough. We have not cared enough uh, to really uh, offer ourselves in, in comfort. Right? Like we can't expect that you know, in these kind of crises moments or dark nights of the soul or, you know, when everything is falling apart, that, you know, people are going to feel like just because, you know, you've been genteel and polite and, you know, you've talked to them for 15 minutes on uh, once a month on a sun, once a month on Sundays or, you know, this kind of like, 
cordial ladies and gentlemen or you know we we go to the same church kind of relationship right it's you know when i'm going through terrible times i look to those who have really put out and the ones that have you know been there and that you know you you you, you know that's why you know when 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 we're on our deathbeds or we're in a, a scary situation, we, you know, we want our mothers because they've proven themselves over and over again. And they've comforted us when we're infants and when we're children and, you know, when we're, even when we're adults, they, they have um, done all of the hard labor to, to really uh, um, make us uh, kind of needful and um, there's that desire to um, because they have you know sacrificed so much and that that's kind of why like motherhood like, like giving birth um, that kind of suffering for others that really marks um, the kind of uh, really close relationship that um, I think illustrates this example. Another reason I would offer is the, I guess the depth of our troubles or our sufferings, like what we have, received in terms of comfort like sometimes i think we have not um maybe risked enough or sacrificed enough or really taken our uh discipleship of christ seriously enough so that um we really have needed to be comforted Meaning that we've always played it safe. We've always you know, pulled back. We've always kind of preserved self-preservation was, was very important. So that, you know, we've never really needed like rescue. We've never re- needed deliverance. We've never needed, uh, we, we, we haven't gotten to like the, the, the times of distress where God really, you know, came through like in just, powerful and just overwhelming ways right so our the depth of our suffering at the depth of what we've gone through the depth of the comfort that god has given us it is limited it's kind of shallow and to try to go to a brother or sister who's going through something just horrific and like almost unimaginable, right? We 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 don't know what to say because you know we have taken it easy. If I if I want to say it that way, it's kind of like you know Job's friends. They wanted to kind of you know be there for him for him, and you know they wanted to try to at least rationally or philosophically answer his 
uh, his his pain and his you know the, the suffering, but you know I don't think they themselves had wrestled as much as Job did, right? So they were kind of in, unable. They were um, they didn't have it was out of their depths, literally, right? To um, help this person. And so again, that that kind of goes to our, you know, we don't reach out to others. We don't really love them. We don't have as much willingness to extend ourselves and even put ourselves out there for others. And so we can't help them because we don't have a relationship. Uh, Or you know, we have been so, again, risk averse, we've been so faithless at times that, you know, we've never been in a situation where, you know, it was not life or death. I'm not sure we need to get to that, but that there's some genuine, like, brokenness and heartache and, you know, like, uh, you're really low because of your commitment to Christ. You know, I think Paul is the opposite of that, right? The way that he reaches out and the how far he'll go to pour out his love for the believers or for the ones that he's, you know, sharing Christ, you know, willing to put his life on the line to preach the gospel. Um, um, that kind of of care for others, right? It qualified. It's not something you earn, but it qualified him. It made him so um, I mean, he uses the word competent later on in other chapters. So I'll use it. Competent in, in the ministry of comfort. Um, and the range, like, we'll get to that in chapter 9, but he he has this whole um, litany of hardships and sorrows and troubles and persecutions, like like 20 or so different ways in which he suffered for the gospel. So it's like nothing was new to him. Nothing was ever hard to him. Nothing was, you know, beyond his ken, right? He really, um, his repertoire, if you will, of suffering, not that he enjoyed it or he sought it. He wasn't a masochist. But in serving Christ, trying to live a godly life, he had to go, had to go through hell and back. And so it, it made him like uber qualified, again, to comfort others, right? So, um, yeah, so in my mind, those were two things that I thought about that um, I have to wrestle with if I want to be like you know an extension to Christ to not just be a recipient of God's comfort but be a a giver or extender of God's comfort um having spoken at length on this do you guys have other um things that you've that came to mind or you thought about about why this you know pretty i think amazing 
truth or, or point that Paul asserts, right? That God comforts us so that we can comfort others. We are interrelated to each other in that way, but it's a good uh, in conceptually, but not so much testimony about it. Do you guys have anything to add? Okay, um, the last kind of, I don't have a question for this. I'm gonna skip the other question, Matt. Um, <clears throat> but the other thing I'd like us to, to think about uh, is um, kind of the outcomes of, uh, of, of sorrow or um, what, what, it, what it causes, right? Um, You know, I think the, the pandemic has, uh, you know, I think we, we, we could say that even though it's been hard, it doesn't really hold a candle to certainly Apostle Paul's life, the things that he endured um, for the gospel. But uh, I think, the, you know, I was thinking COVID has taken, you know, a pretty big toll on me personally, on others and our church and you know, our, our city and our society and all that, right? Um, so I think a fascinating question and something that constantly comes up is, okay, hardships come, sufferings come, um, troubles come, right? And, you know, some of that, those things are, are really a, a, like a function or the, 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 the causative, um, like, trail is you know because of our foolishness or our sinfulness or whatever our weakness right so uh, setting that aside but things that maybe are not there is no causal connection um there is no fault even right um that like for paul he was trying to be faithful to christ and that um, triggered or it produced uh, whatever negative reactions, uh, even like demonic opposition. And, and so Paul had to bear the brunt of those attacks and, and to kind of you know, survive through it. Um, so it's natural, I think, and, and I've been thinking about this a bit too, uh, not, I don't want to use the term purpose. I'm, I don't want to talk about the purpose of suffering because I'm not sure they're, I'm clear on that. And the things that I kind of understand or the explanations, they, I could buy it theologically or, or in, an, in an explanatory sense, but somehow it doesn't really help me along. So I don't want to talk about like the purpose of suffering or the purpose of COVID or, you know, all that stuff. But I do think what's, fruitful for us to consider and what is kind of even like important such necessary for us to 
prepare ourselves for or kind of um, be uh, aware of and even um, yeah to, to kind of be intentional about is what should happen or what do I want to happen when tribulations happen when trouble comes my way when you know I am the target or the recipient or the you know, when, when, when the bottom falls out, when, uh, you know, bad things happen to good people, <laughs> however you, you want to say it, right? Because I think in some form, some uh, shape or manner, it, it's going to come. And I think the more productive than why it came or, What's the purpose of it? It really is, okay, what is, what should happen for me? What, what's my reaction? What's my response? What's my, what, like, in other words, how should I, what should I learn from this? What, what do I, how do I grow? Um, it's not quite like, what can I, like, how do I redeem this experience? Again, that, to me, that goes to like the purpose of suffering. I'm not sure you can redeem it, although there's a term like redemptive suffering. I, I think more in terms of like, what's the best thing that can happen as a result of, of some of these hardships, right? And I think verse, verses um, 9 through 11 just simply and plainly identify two, right? So at, at least this, guys. Let's get this out of the challenges and adversities and the pandemics and the brokenness and the injustices and you know, suffering and persecution that, that we go through, right? First is, you know, just utter abject reliance on Christ, right? Um, Paul despaired for life, he says in verse uh, 8. But the key, this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but God, but on God who raises the dead. Again, uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of a no-brainer. Paul talks about it. Even, you know, one of us could come up with this. And, but to actually finish or get out or emerge from a bout of suffering with this kind of testimony and this kind of conviction, this kind of, of outcome, I don't think it's so easy. I don't think it's so obvious that um, my what I should experience that is what I should come walk away with. Maybe it's another way to say what I should walk away from from all this with is that I learn to really rely on God. That all of my strengths and tricks and you know brain exercise and all of my safety nets and all of my go-tos and all of the, you know, ace up my sleeve and um, rainy day fund and you know, all of the things that I built up um, and all of the people that have been there right, to acknowledge and to realize that sometimes they, they cannot help. Right. That, at bottom, unless I 
throw myself on the mercy of God, that I fully and utterly and completely rely on him. I'm not surviving this. I'm not getting out of it. Not that that needs to happen every single time that, you know, hardships in all shapes, sizes, and forms come, that we have to have this big epiphany, but at least a few times. Right? Like, I don't want to go through my life. I don't want you guys to go through your life without ever having like, to, to be able to say, again, as Paul says later on in chapter 10 or 11, you know, my, you know, I, I my great, you know, he asks God to deliver me and says, my grace is sufficient for you. Right? And my strength is made perfect in your weakness or my power is made perfect in your weakness. That story that gauntlet that that paul walked through the journey that's his that's you know um that's that's the 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 mark that's his um that's what he uh, that's a, what um that no one can can take away from him right because he experience God's uh, and only God's deliverance right through that. So, you know, that's one thing to reflect on, right? Have I ever relied on nothing but God? Because everything else was, you know, collapsed or everything, all the other doors were closed. And then uh, verse 11 is this intercessory prayer, right? Paul uh, acknowledges the Corinthians part in intercession and in helping him uh, um, it was their prayers which allowed him to uh, survive um, that people were praying right? so I feel like one of the regular uh, testimonies and realizations and lessons uh, of uh, you know, this sorrow, comfort kind of times and situations is, is really that prayer, the, the prayers of others, the prayers of many, right? that they were needed and they were effective and um, we are grateful right, for that. You know, again, like when Joe went through her, the ordeal, and you know, when we're praying for like the Wangs and there's other health concerns and um, some of the best times of my prayer journey and some of the experiences as a body of Christ is to, you know, lift each other up uh, and, and to do that. So um, I, those twin responses or what to get out of it or to you know you know to to, to kind of um, I guess the term is gain or to 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 benefit um, from if there's anything that um, I, I'd want us to uh, be able to kind of yeah walk away with or to, to grow in measure would be 
and these these two kind of um, yeah, important things, precious right, things, um, relying fully on God and then praying like crazy. Um, and I think if we do that, some of this kind of um, comfort, right, the kind of true comfort, godly comfort, passing on godly comfort, that come that will happen I don't want to say naturally, but that'll happen uh, in ways that are really uh, kind of amazing and kind of kind of uh, like transformative um, and really like I don't know if the term's cathartic or it's, it's it blesses you right to to be to be there for somebody in this kind of way, right? And some of you guys have been there for me and my family in ways that, you know, I, I just I'm so thankful, so grateful, so just more I marvel at. And the other way around, you're there for people in dark times and hard times, right? And a recent experience or conversation where we walked. I walked through somebody walked with I walked with somebody through like a dark time and, and then hearing what the person realized through all of this and you know I wasn't even aware of all the steps and just kind of praying and celebrating and rejoicing in the way God worked, you know, that even though it was hard. Uh, to have been there and to kind of hear all that, that, wow, that, that filled me up. Uh, that was, that filled me up. I hadn't been able to kind of be at like, I don't know, gut peace <laughs> in my guts. I felt peaceful um, you know, in a long time. So, okay. Uh, any, uh, you know, we didn't cover everything, but, was there anything that you guys wanted to add or questions before I wrap, wrap us up in prayer? All right, let's pray. Uh, we spent some time on you know, looking at God's, what God is familiar with. What, where does God's comfort come from? And then what does he do with it? He comforts us. And then you know, we are called to comfort others. And I raised a couple of challenges uh, that maybe comforting is not that part, much a part of our spiritual um, kind of toolkit because we're standoffish or we're risk averse. Um, so maybe that's a point of reflection and prayer. And then, you know, what, as we go through it, what, what kind of mm, muscles, if you will, should kick in? Yeah. What kind of testimonies, what kind of stories? 
what's what's the quote unquote good that can come out of these things, right? So we talked about it at the end. So just a little bit of prayer time, and then uh, we'll pray together to end. Uh, Heavenly Father, um, we uh, through this verses we through these verses we know that uh, hardship is real from experience. We know that suffering is is not uh, foreign. Um, uh, there really are sorrows um, that come our way, um, be it from our own sin or because uh, we're trying to do what's right for others or uh, for your kingdom. Um, but uh, your word, I think, shows us that comfort is real as well. Uh, divine comfort, uh, brotherly and sisterly comfort, that these are precious ways in which um, you show us uh, how to pray and how to relate and how to rely uh, on you. So in this body of Christ, I pray that such uh, blessings and tools, uh, principles uh, will not go to waste, that we will not all try to figure things out on our own, we will not try to um, protect ourselves and just be superficial, but uh, help us to uh, to to uh, to care enough uh, to suffer alongside to have compassion to have empathy lord we can practice this right now we're in a climate of hardship and of sorrow so help us to apply this uh, right away for your glory and for our sakes. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.